Before we get to Jermall, I have a new offer from Schaefer's I need to highlight. Expiration Week Countdown, codename EWC, is having a huge sale right now, running for $30 for one month. Six trades, straight calls or puts, place at the Monday before every expiration week. So, if you sign up this week, you'll get these trades next Sunday night, ready for Monday morning. $5 per trade. I mean, come on, you can't beat that. It's a set it and forget it deal. You place them on Monday morning and watch the gains roll in. Listen, I play a role in this project. I do the editing. I write the comms for these. I can tell you these trades work. Last month, we had a workday call that scored a 202% profit in just four days. Not only that, but you get five-minute market rundown, code MRD, free included in this deal. MRD is our weekly newsletter that features all of the stock market stories from the last five trading days condensed into a quick five-minute glance. It's true. I time it every time I edit. It's a perfect way to get a grasp of the stock market zeitgeist and the great way to wrap up your week. Hit the link in this episode's bio to sign up for EWC and MRD, again for just $30. And now, here's Jamal. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Schaefer's Market Mashup. It is Friday, March 3rd. I've got the friend of the program, probably the best friend of the program. I mean, you're, you are the most frequent returnee, uh, Jamal Chandler of Tasty. It has been a minute. How the heck are you? I mean, what can I say, man? I like talking to you. You know what I'm saying? We have a good Ooh. time. I love being on, man. Anytime yeah. you ask me, I'm here, buddy. You can see I'm blushing. I'm blushing. So <laughs> first off, a bit of housekeeping. Word on the street. People are talking. Tasty has gone through a name change. What's what's the scoop? Yeah, rebranding, as they say in uh, big business, right? Uh, you know, listen, I'll be honest. I remember a friend that – so I started uh, in the industry, as I've told you before, at a prop trading firm. I remember when a guy left our prop trading firm and went to Tasty Trade. And I was like, what the hell is that? I had no idea what it was. And fast forward several years later, I come on, I'm working at, at Tasty Trade, and it used to be that Tasty Trade was the live platform where basically, you know, we talk about trading all day long. And then there was Tasty Works, which was a brokerage. And we've had a lot of inner discussions in the last year or so, and it was decided that we're going to rebrand. And so Tasty Live became the network, which is where I am day in and day out. And Tasty Trade uh, Tasty Works, I should say, turned into Tasty Trade. So now Tasty Trade is the platform that we use to trade on, and which makes sense, right? And then there's Tasty Live, which is the network, which we talk about different trades, all kinds of stuff day in and day out. So that's pretty much the skinny of it. Cool. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Sounds like a natural progression. And you're still doing engineering the trade, correct? That is correct. I'm doing engineering the trade every day except for Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays, uh, 1.45 p.m. Central Time to 2.15 p.m. Central Time. I also do a Futures Power Hour, which is an hour-long futures-related show on Tuesdays and Thursdays from noon Central Time to 1 p.m. Central Time. Um, and then I do a segment on Friday mornings with Tom and Tony on the Tasty Live morning show at uh, 8 a.m., 
about basically what happened throughout the week. So kind of a recap on the week. Cool. That's the earliest I've ever heard of a power hour, but hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> right? you're all over the place. So that's, oh, that's come on. Don't tell me you haven't done a power hour at noon for like a game or something. I uh, know you. Yeah, you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> You know, I what, what am I supposed to do if the game starts at three? You gotta, you gotta get ready. Exactly, that's my point. Hey, I went to the University of Wisconsin for graduate school, so I know about Ooh. power hours. I've Ooh. had many a power hour do power down on me. How about that? <laughs> nice, nice. And we're not going to talk about whiskey basketball or anything like that. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll I'll spare you from everything. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I love having you on, and I was trying to think of like a snappy little nickname but like in the best i got so far and feel free to like change it or say hell no that sucks but like you're you're the marriage counselor you come in and make sense of it all (laughs) i was listening to our episode in may and you said how we basically come on once or twice a year and talk about the zeitgeist of the market Mm -hmm. going all the way back to the pandemic so (laughs) we've seen we've seen some shit Yes, for sure. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Hell yeah. We've seen some shit. <laughs> and back in May, everything was red. Everything stunk. It was oversold. So much negativity. No wanted, nobody wanted to be in anything. Yeah. Uh, there was no aggression. You know, Everyone was keeping cash in reserve. Since then and, and fast forwarding to now, um, you know, yields are hot. Artificial intelligence is coming for our heads. Um, through it all, the S and P 500 is above 4,000 VIX is below 20. So what's happening right now, man, uh, that's a great setup for everything. Cause I'm going to start here. I, I probably wouldn't have started here had we had this combo, uh, 12 hours ago, but I had to remind myself of this. The U S economy is actually in a really good place, right? I mean, we really are like people have jobs. Um, so that's a huge pl- part of the whole thing. Like people have jobs. You said SP 500s at 4,000. We were way below that earlier this, uh, or I should say late last year. And so things are actually good, but underneath the surface, there's a lot bubbling. A lot of it has to do with yields, with rate expectations, which that's probably the biggest thing going on and been affecting markets over the past year. You got two-year yields at highs of 2007. You got uh, 10s, 20s, and 30s above 4% around there. And so it's really affecting a lot, right? Like that's what's really kind of keeping markets down. That's really what pushed markets down from the highs that we saw in in January of 2022. So that's the biggest thing affecting markets. Now, we saw for the majority of the year last year, volatility was elevated. And by the biggest measure we use to look at that is the VIX, right? The VIX was well above 20 for most of the year in the 24, 25 range, probably Touched 30 a couple of times from, from what I remember, mostly around March, which, of course, we had the the uh, Russia-Ukraine war that was really kind of hitting a lot of different areas of the market in, in many different ways. But volatility has since come down. So we still have high rates, but volatility is kind of relaxed. Like you said, it's below 20. I think he, as of this morning, it dropped below 19. So that's below long-term averages. And it's calmed down a lot, but yet there's still this nervousness in the air. And, and so why is that? Well, we don't know where the Fed's going to end rising, raising rates. We just don't know. Like as of recently, we heard the terminal rate, which is essentially the rate that they're expected to rise to at 5.5%. Currently, we're at 4.5%. The 5.5% um, as swap, Fed swaps are saying, 
possibly we stop at 5.5% in September of this year. And so that's kind of where we stand. So this idea of raising rates, everything, why does that matter? Everything is a little bit more expensive, right? Like the idea of of debt that you may have for a car, debt that you may have for a house, if you're getting that new debt, I should say, that's all a little bit more expensive. And of course, if you have credit cards and you're using that on the regular, that's a little bit more expensive. And so that's kind of the, if there's one tsunami that people are possibly looking at as for trouble is the idea of this raising rate environment and the fact that the Fed continues to raise rates. It puts the squeeze on companies. Eventually, maybe companies start having layoffs or more layoffs. We we heard a lot about layoffs over the past year, right? But if you really think about it, it's largely been concentrated in tech, which already had a lot of people that they hired because of, bing, the pandemic. So that part is not that bad. But if you get to a point where we start having massive layoffs, and we push down these monthly numbers that we see from the jobs report, that's when I think people are going to get a little bit worried because we have, you know, a possible higher debt situation and people are paying more on some of that debt. And if they're having job issues, that's the part that gets the whole entire uh, economic system a little bit worried. Yeah. An alarm bell could be if a bunch of retailers start letting some people go or, you know, consumer-based companies that are, that are kind of trimming fat. Um, but then also you saw, I think it was yesterday that, that kind of started these two days in the green, uh, the Atlanta Fed Prez, Raphael Bostic, I hope I pronounced that right, um, had said something about it was going to be a 25 basis point hike. And that cooled everybody off for a little bit and that calmed everything down. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the next six months, we'll get more information about that, I feel like, right? I would think so, man. And it's funny. I was, uh, you know, during the segment this morning, I'm, I'm talking to Tom Sazanoff and Tony Batista about this idea because they're veterans of the field. They've been around for 40 plus years. And I, I, I mean, uh, for me, I, I'm old enough to should know this answer. But the interesting part is I've only been trading for 17 years. I say, oh, all right. You're, a while. You're, you're selling yourself short here a little bit. I mean, is- I am. But, but here's the thing. I haven't really traded in a whole lot of environments where you're just constantly seeing rates rise like this. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting environment. And it's less about trading volatility and options volatility. Uh, I mean, th- that is affected by rates, but it's less about that, more about the markets and the direction that we're expecting the markets, right? Because we've seen a lot of back and forth in the markets over the past year and a half trying to adjust to what's going to happen with interest rates. And so the question remains, like, we're hearing this whole terminal rate of five and a half percent, but we were hearing terminal rate of four and a half percent a few months yes. ago. So it, it seems like every few months it's going to go a little bit higher because, you know, an inflation uh, measure comes in a little bit hotter than expected. And they're not as bad as they were late last year. But still, I think it really took everybody by surprise that the recent CPI report kind of went a little bit higher than expected. So, uh, you know, I really didn't expect to talk about rates so much. But it's Patrick, it's the main thing that's affecting markets. You know what I mean? Like, it's so wild. So it, and it just kind of popped up randomly almost in the last couple of weeks of looking like, oh, huh, all right, I guess I guess we got to <laughs> monitor this a little bit here. I guess this is happening. Um, and yeah, I mean, are the, are, the, are the goalposts being moved back a little bit? Yes, but like we saw on Thursday, the goalposts can also be moved forward a little bit. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I agree. Too much yield talk because by now everyone's probably asleep or I know, right? <laughs> looking for the nearest alcohol. Um, so let's shift to some option strategies. Um, what do you think will be some 
beneficial or profitable option strategies that you see in the next couple of months, weeks that people should be learning about, trying out? What's what, what what's hot in the streets right now? Oh man, I tell you, uh, it's so you know for the most part at Tasty, a lot of the things that we do have to do with selling volatility, right? In right. a very you know measured type of way. I mean, we always. I'll say right now, because a lot of what we do is based off of where the VIX is. And currently, like we said, it's pretty, it's kind of sitting at long-term averages or just a little below. So you're not too excited to sell some volatility right now, right? It's not exactly advantageous. Um, For the most part, I think iron condors are a little bit in vogue, which is not super sexy. Iron condors and butterfly strategies. Iron condors... They sound cool, but when you dig into the nitty gritty, it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of boring. You're waiting on paint to dry, right? Like mm-hmm. for the most part, iron condors, you're selling a put spread and you're selling a call spread um, at the same time. And, and and so those are, it's really a situation where you just want the stock to stay within a certain range. And again, you're waiting on paint to dry for the most part, right? But when, when you got a VIX that's, that's, you know, just under 19 and, and volatility is not super high. And so you start searching for the high volatility names and most of them are not names you necessarily want to trade <laughs> too readily. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, you know, like a Tesla is always has a little bit of volatility to it. So that one's not, you know, that one's kind of nice because it's a liquid name and that's real cool. But other than that, it's, it's probably some, some random names or, or the first one that comes to mind is like a Coinbase, which, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of going, a lot going on in, in the, the crypto space right now. But then again, when is there not? But, um, so, you know, there's, there's, it's a precarious time, I would say, I think for the most part, I think a lot of people are keeping some cash in the sidelines and, or wait for it, dipping into zero DTE. You know that that's happening. A lot of people are trading near term options, <laughs> zero day options, because it's just, you talk about in vogue. That's what's, that's what's hot in the streets right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People, people can't get enough. Yeah, man. It's, um, and, and it's interesting. I, I, I think there's various ways that people are trading them. I think for the most part, I don't think there's any question. Most people are probably buying those options and understandably so. I mean, you know, things can happen fast. You can, you mm-hmm. can certainly uh, lose your shirt fairly quickly if you're, if you're selling strangles and zero day, uh, zero day options. Like that's not, I think, prudent at all. But um, for the most part, I think people are just saying, you know, I'm buying an option that's a dollar fifty. I'm, well, that's $150 worth of premium. That's, that's not cheap theoretically, but cheap becomes an interesting word when you start trading and trading options, right? And so I think there's a lot of that going on. But aside from the zero DTE options, I think right now it's a little bit hard to find volatility to sell um, because most of it is generally sticky. And by that, I mean, you know, Coinbase, like we mentioned, sure, elevated vol, but because lots going on in crypto, that vol is supposed to be a little bit elevated and might stay a little bit elevated. You can look at, uh, I know there's some currencies, for example, the, the yen, has uh, currency options. You can look at that, and that has a little bit elevated volatility. But uh, I shouldn't. It, the flat vol is low, meaning if you look at the implied volatility, it's a currency product, so it's less than twenty. Those are usually low volatility. But we always look at IV rank, IV implied volatility rank, which shows you over the past year compared to a year ago or any time over the past year, if something has an IV implied volatility rank above thirty, that's usually where we like to sell volatility because it's saying that's fairly elevated, right? And so uh, if you look at yen currency options uh, slash 6J, that's trading in the 40s and 50s. That's usually something that 
you look to sell. But that's been elevated for a while because there's so much going on in Japan. They're changing a new governor. They're, they're the only country in the world that really hasn't raised rates in the past year. Uh, go figure. So <laughs> there's a lot yeah. going on there. But yeah, man, there's 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 very few, uh, far few between options to, to sell these days. Google was one a couple of weeks ago because of you spoke of what, you know, and then the, the AI space. There's a lot going on in there. And Google has been at the center of that. And so volatility was somewhat elevated in Google because it had an extended down move, which a lot of us saw, witnessed and probably felt. Um, and as a result of that big down move, it had some volatility for a little bit. But that one collapsed today. So that that was when the the AI that they trotted out, like had a glitch or just completely just shit the bed or something like that. I, exactly. I'm not sure. And obviously they'll figure it out because they're Google. But that move was pretty, pretty sharp. I thought it was pretty overdone, honestly. And for a little bit, I was I was kind of, I'm tell you, I was long it, expecting it to bounce back. And that mm-hmm. didn't quite happen. And then volatility ballooned a little bit. But you're right. That's exactly why it went down. Um, that's a space I've been paying attention to for the most part. You got AI, for example, uh, the actual ticker AI. That stock had earnings today. That stock's on the move to the upside pretty strongly. And um, that's one I've been playing. But um, there's a lot going on in that space. I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it all pans out, right? Because we've heard of different regimes going on in different areas of the markets before. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when rare earth metals was a big deal in like 2010 and all those stocks used to go flying all over the place or, you know, whether it's social media or whatever, pick your pick your sort of micro industries that sort of just get going crazy at times. And currently, I think AI is the one, but we'll see how it all pans out. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, watching paint dry. Which is, yeah, watching paint dry sucks, but when you're making money while watching paint dry, that it's not so bad. For sure. And and that's almost the environment we're in, whether it's the idea of watching paint dry or we're picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. It's <laughs> it's a way to make money. Just, you know, be a little careful in the meantime, because only because from the selling standpoint, volatility is not high. Now, for those who like to sling it from the long side, whether they're long call spreads or long put spreads, basically waiting on moves, you know. I'd say uh, the, the technical traders are definitely trying to make their way of it these days. And it's been an interesting ride, I think, because when you look at last year, we had such bigger ranges in the mm-hmm. market and equity names, and those ranges have gotten a whole lot smaller. You know, you look at oil, for example, right? Um, crude oil has been in around the 77, 78 mark for like the better part uh, since November. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a under while. 79 now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, and that today only came as a result of some random news that turned out to be false and you know, whatever, man, but it, it's been in just a small tight range for a while. And so I think those who like to trade range bound, I mean, you know, whether it's futures or, or stocks, you know, that they're, they're, that they got the work cut out for them because we just haven't had those big ranges, but it's a, it's an interesting time. And I feel like, some people are starting to resign to the idea, let's get some cash on the sidelines so we see a little bit more volatility and we see something change from the narrative of yields because that's really been the main story of 2023. And do you think these uh, the zero, T, zero DTE, I mean, odd, you need a smoother way to say that. Odd T, odd T, OT, um, so, something that rolls off the tongue a little bit better. But do you see retail traders dipping their toe in the water a little bit with that? Or is that something that requires a little bit more expertise and experience? 
Well, you know, in my role as a marriage counselor, I got to say, uh, zero DT <laughs> traders are, I feel like a lot of them are retail traders, man. I mean, as of right now, from what I understand, it's, uh, if you just take like the SPX product, uh, it's like 40% of the volume, right? Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's being traded in there. And, and I'm sure that echoes across the whole industry. Like it's probably around that 40% mark. So no, definitely retail traders are, are definitely taking advantage of it and, and trading them. And, and you know, they, they serve in multiple ways. They, they serve as one of those, you know, situations where you could just try to, you know, get some alpha on the day, right? And just trade something or you're hedging something for whatever different reason. I think they, they have some utility in the market. I think the key is not to just fall in love with them and only trade that because that's a hard trade all the time. Mm-hmm. I so I think I saw on your all's Twitter you you were talking about that and it was was it about identifying the delta or was it maybe hmm, I don't remember I tweet so much dude I don't even remember what the hell I say from time to time. Well, it was interesting because oh, hold on. the tasty Twitter or my Twitter it might have been tasty. Oh okay. Um, but like as far as like the alphas and the deltas there like. What what's the importance there for the zero DTE? Oh yeah, yo, oh yeah. There was actually a um, there was a piece of research I think yesterday. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I think it was just looking at um, the idea of twenty five delta, like looking at twenty five delta options and different ways to play it. I think, and it was I think some research was based off of that. But I don't know. Again, it's one of those interesting things. It's it's the half life on these things is so small that mm-hmm. it's hard to really glean any serious idea of how to really play them right i don't think there's any one given way i mean the research you know is the research and, and that's there but i i don't know personally i think it's kind of hard you almost have to be a robot if you're going to trade them in a way right like because you just i don't know it's, it's weird it's they're fast I'm, man they're, they're they're very fast evolving yeah. like oh, robot isn't like removing sent like removing sentiment or yeah no I don't know. It's they're fascinating because that's it's something I've never seen in my very limited time around the stock market. But that seems like something that someone I think I saw some article that equated it to horse racing. Just horse like racing? the short, yeah, like the short, you know, you know, one lap, boom, done, and betting on that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot like that. I mean when you when you take it to the betting realm, it's also probably a lot like putting on a parlay on you know like three games in a row, and how's that going to play out like on one mm-hmm. given night? Like it's it's similar to a lot of that for sure. Oh yeah, I uh, Ohio legalized sports betting in uh or on New Year's Day, so oh, I, know, I, I I know I know enough about those parlays now, and <laughs> it's almost college basketball season, but you nope. Know, I don't want any listener to think this is advice because you, you don't <laughs> yeah, you don't want to talk to me. Um, but so yeah, I mean, what what else are you monitoring here? I, I know we've kind of talked yields and option strategies, so a little bit of macro stuff. Uh, but as we're wrapping up, like, what else are you keeping tabs on here? You know, and, and, and you can say short term, like in the next week or in the next month or whenever. Yeah, I mean. Really, you know, looking at the the a lot of the times I'll look at the spy term structures, kind of look at where volatility is over the next couple of weeks to see what's coming up on the horizon. And honestly, Patrick, not a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. we got uh, the, the the jobs report coming up uh, next week, which still blows my mind that it wasn't this week. I'm still trying to figure out why it wasn't this Friday of March 3rd as opposed to whatever. Uh, so that's coming up. 
And again, we, we got to look at that thing to see if there's any changes in the job market. Uh, for the most for most of the last year, bad macro news equals good news for the equity markets. And mm-hmm. in this case, if the jobs report shows that, you know, there's less jobs than, than the month before, then and, and unemployment rate is rising. Unfortunately, that would actually lead to markets going up because it says that the Fed is probably not going to continue to raise rates or at some point they're going to pause. And that's really the main thing we're waiting to hear. Um, after that, again, yields once again, it, it gets to the CPI report is the next thing, I think, on March 14th. So we'll see if inflation is calming down. Yes or no. If inflation is calming down, then, of course, that's good for markets. So another thing that we'll look forward to, whether or not. But those those reports, the volatility in those inflation reports are starting to calm down. I mean, last year they were must see TV. And so far this year, the two reports that we've gotten really haven't moved markets a whole heck of a lot. So we'll see what's up with that. And um, pretty, that's pretty much it for the next couple of weeks. So those are the main two right now. And then, of course, the tournament, dude. I mean, uh, the tournament's coming <laughs> up. That's 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 the main thing I'm monitoring besides option markets. That's the next love. You know what I mean? I'll I'll be in uh, I'll be at the Madison I'll be at the Madison Square Garden next uh, next Thursday. Oh, dope! You going for Big East tournament? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there oh, for that. Hell so, yeah! Yeah, gotta gotta watch my Huskies take it home. So, oh, uh, UConn. Yep. Those yep. your boys? Oh, okay. That's oh yeah. yeah yeah Connecticut yeah, yeah. kid. You know, I, I moved to Kentucky when I was eighteen. You know, for for school. So that was like my only, you know, last remaining, you know, identity as you know a New Englander. So I, I, I held strong through that and, you know, endured the Kevin Ollie years. So now I'm, I'm back, I'm, I'm back chirping. I'm back chirping my friends. You know, it's I was I was asleep for a while and now I'm back up. Um, Dan, Danny's got you, your boys balling, man. I mean, oh, it's been a roller coaster oh, yeah. year too, right? Because you guys were number one for a little bit. We were two, and then we were not to <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh it was it was a brutal january now they're coming back so all the the whispers are now like how back are they is it a capital b back is it a lowercase b but hey i i won't bore you with that i do have two final questions um will you be purchasing the lego super star destroyer for your son i saw that that had just came out wait for real no i hadn't seen that um yeah wow. i have to take a look it's very signs might point to yes Signs my point to yes. Signs and I'm point glad to yes. you remember. I still I still have the Batmobile sitting in here right now, and I also have the uh, Millennium Falcon. So you know, I love mm-hmm. to collect big big ones like that. We'll see. I might get. Oh it. yeah, this this one looks massive. I, I don't let's see if I have the specs here. Nope, I don't know, but it looks pretty freaking cool. I mean, the Star Destroyer sounds like over two thousand pieces. Is what it sounds like. Um. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm let's so in tune to numbers now, man. It's so funny. We were talking about the tournament. My wife and I were looking at tickets. We're looking at uh, for the Big Ten tournament here, mm-hmm. and the um, I think the total, like for the whole package, for the whole you know session, weekend, whatever, yeah. all of them sessions, like four fifty or something. I was like, well, we can get that, but most of those games have sucked. Like, I'd rather mm-hmm. get the final two games for three thirty as opposed to. And I didn't even look at any of it. She looked at it and she goes, "Yeah, it's around three thirty. She's like, "Did you look at that?" I was like, "No," but that just sounds right to me. It's yeah, like, that's option trading one on one, man. I mean, come on. There you go. I mean, with the Big East tournament, if a team like St. John's gets whacked early, then those tickets get get cheaper because you know if, if then they end up if Creighton ends up playing someone, you don't have a lot of people from out of town. So you, you, monitoring those ticket prices, especially around March, it's like options trading. You have to watch because one little thing can change, and next thing you know, it's lower. And um, 
for example, like the UConn people, when it became very clear that they were going to be locked in the four or five seed, like one game, they were $35. Yeah. What, you know, and then the day after they got locked into that four or five game, which is like the 230 slot, the prices went up to like 180. Yep. In, in, in a day because yep. all the UConn people traveled just by train straight into the garden. Um, and just like that, the entire thing ballooned. It was. You know, you want to talk market ecosystem? I can I can tell you about the Big East tournament structure <laughs> all day. Probably couldn't do a lot of options trading, but I can I can tell you about that. Yeah, when um, I worked at the Siebel Options Institute, we used to always give examples of options trading in terms of like tickets. As a matter of fact, one of my my mentors, uh, Roma Stanky, she used to always talk about that. Uh, she used to always just kind of do this interesting idea of a of something happening based off of options trading with tickets and whatnot. But mm-hmm. last thing I'll say on the big East, man, watch out for, I'll watch, I'd say watch out for Providence a little bit because uh, Bryce Hopkins, that kid went to school here nearby, known that kid for a while. He's a beast. He's yeah. Hey, you know, that's a, that's a black mark on John Calipari that he, uh, that he, <laughs> oh, left isn't it though? and yeah. Uh, yeah, yikes. Yeah. Right. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about Villanova. They are, uh, they, they figured it out. And Justin Moore is, uh, that dude's a baller, so yeah, it'll be fun. Not at the right time. That's all. That's all that matters. It's all that matters in March, and it's going to be a blast. You know, last year, you know, outed by New Mexico State early, that was brutal, and I still had still had fun watching it. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, well, I'm ready to wrap here. Uh, let's see. I I think well no you you talked a little bit in the beginning about kind of where where to find everything is there any website change or anything like that any other thing you want to plug I'll give the floor to you here yeah uh I the website change I think uh, everything is tasty live now for the mm-hmm. live show and then there's uh, tasty trade is uh is tasty works and so all of that is there even if you can't find it you type in the old stuff it'll come up at some point but. The most important thing is the live show, all the stuff that we do as far as, as, far as our shows and talking about trades and, and all the personalities that you probably know and hopefully love are mm-hmm. on Tasty Live. And now the brokerage stuff is all through Tasty Trade, which you know makes it a whole lot easier. And there should be a commercial coming soon to theaters near you or TV shows for the most part. Uh, most of the time on TV, there's going to be a commercial these days. There's like three different versions of it. Oh, I've seen them. You've seen them? I've oh, seen okay. them. Yeah, I've seen two them. dudes talking about rock, paper, scissors. It's a trip, actually. It's pretty good. So Stronger than New Rope. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> they're, they're very cool. Uh, Jamal Chandler, thanks again for coming on. Again, maybe maybe I'll get you on sooner. We can talk some Big East basketball or if the Bears are going to trade the first round, uh, that first overall pick. Yeah, so right. we got a lot to talk about. Whenever, man. You know I'm here anytime. Awesome. Take it easy. Thanks for coming on. I do. Thank you.